Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we speak about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor, uh, and as always, I'm joined here by Freddie Harrison. Freddie, hi. Hello. And our special guest this week is Eva Krizyak, who produces the Everyone Else podcast. Hi, Eva. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Always lovely to swap some podcast recs. Absolutely. Freddie, you're going to kick us off. With a humdinger, aren't you? You dive in, yeah, Fred. Yeah, des- I was desperately scrolling through the Google Doc then, because despite <laughs> discussing the order, I wasn't I wasn't at the right scroll point. Um, not that I've forgotten my recommendation, because it is a good one, and it's a podcast that I I don't listen to every single episode. I have to admit, but it's it's one of one of a quite a handful now that I've kind of amassed that I'd like dip into every now and then. I kind of look at all the different descriptions of episodes, and I pick out the ones that interest me the most, and then eventually I go back and kind of fill in the fill in the gaps. Um, and that podcast is Invisibilia, which is not really, really young, but it's I'd say it's relatively young. I think we're only in the third season now, he says tentatively. And Invisibilia um, is Latin for invisible things. Um, I say that like I know it. I, I don't. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a podcast about the invisible forces that control human behavior. And it's an NPR podcast, but it, it feels, it, yeah, it has, it has that wonderful NPR style to it. But I think for, for one of the younger podcasts in that style, it does a, an amazing job of kind of carrying it off and and uh, talking about the, you know the kind of uh, human behavior and psychology in a way that's utterly engaging and one of the things i really love about it i was thinking about this just before i, I came on is it it is to an extent a, a science podcast you know it's it is a science but because of the nature of it it just feels that much more human and the, the thing that i really really love about it which is i guess not a huge deal but to me it feels that way and it's one of the things that i've always loved about it and it's one of the things that i really like is that there are plenty of podcasts that deal with um factual issues that dive straight into it not necessarily like cold opens but they just they they go straight into the narrative the main narrative and there's no kind of preamble um and there's no kind of introduction and one of the things i really love about invisibilia is the way that at the start of each episode they do this kind of thing where they find almost like an analogy or a metaphor for the for the bigger issue that they're kind of tackling within within the episode so this particular episode that I picked out is called Entanglement and the main story in it is um, about a woman called Amanda who has um, mirror touch synesthesia which is fascinating and they go on to talk about the different ways in which we as humans are connected um, without kind of really really realizing it's some of the subconscious ways that we're connected Um, but at the very very beginning they show um, quantum entanglement and they they go to a demonstration Elise Spiegel and Lulu Miller who are um, two of the hosts there's three hosts and they kind of you know switch switch between each other for for the episode so uh, Elise and Lulu go to go to um, the University of Maryland to see uh, a, a grad student there um, doing this kind of physics demonstration of quantum entanglement which is where you make um, two atoms do kind of link 
together, even though they're in physically separate places. And I'm managing to make it sound extremely boring, but I actually think it's like it, the way it's told is fascinating. And it's just this wonderful, gentle introduction to what is quite a heavy and emotional topic as as the episode kind of rumbles on. And I, I love the way they do that. And I love the way that they manage to introduce each episode with something that's sometimes quite novel and, and almost certainly very interesting but isn't the thing they're actually talking about but it's the kind of introduction to the thing they're talking about and they're not the first podcast to do this but they're one of my favorites to do this kind of thing um, and that's one of the things I like about it so much and I, I just yeah I I think it's just a, a really the way they handle their subject matter is really well done and they've managed to make it so enticing and interesting it never feels patronizing which is what i really love about it it feels like you're kind of you know it feels like a good podcast should which is that you're joining someone or some people on a journey of discovery or of understanding of something and that's what i really really love about it jack what do you think i really like invisibilia and i think actually you picking it as a recommendation made me realize that because i started to read back about the episodes that I'd listened to way back in 2015 when it came out. And I almost didn't have to listen to them because they were so vivid and I remembered them so well. And I think that's a sign of a podcast which has really stuck with you and done something good. I mean, there are many podcasts that I've forgotten. I mean, I, you know, gorged them in a frankly disgusting way. And so there's a lot that I just kind of come out the other side and I've forgotten them the moment that I've stopped listening to them. But with Invisibilia... Oh, you know, listening back to the episode that you recommended about entanglement, I just, um, you know, I remembered it all so vividly from first time round. And, I mean, it's one of those podcasts which is edited in the most kind of whizzy, like, fast-paced way. Uh, Occasionally gets a bit dizzying. You know, they do that thing where they have, like, fragments of people's voices just dancing in and out of the hosts. And, you know, sometimes that's quite a lot to ingest. But um, actually, a lot of the time, I think it's enhancive rather than just being a head spin. And what I think they do really well, and I think you pretty much mentioned this yourself, Fred, is the fact that it is very human. And I think what they do is they use this um, premise of things being, uh, you know, dealing with the invisible things to almost talk about the things that we as humans with five senses kind of struggle to comprehend and um, often get wrong. Um, often things that have grander, grander, <laughs> who says that, grander implications than they first seem. And what's really funny about this entanglement one is, as you were saying about the intro, I mean, usually the intro is a way to offer an easy entry point, and they pick quantum entanglement, and so they turn it on its head a bit. They, you know, then move towards the more human story at the centre of it. And it is a really human story, and I think what is really nice is the way that they weave in and out of um, talking about the concept generally and talking about scientific phenomena generally, and then sort of cutting back in to the human beings that these concepts are affecting, to see how they're handling it and to see how they're um, taking this ride of life, you know. So, you know, I really enjoy it. And and I think also as well, what it does, um, almost in like an, a This American Life kind of way, is it finds a, a, a central theme to stories which otherwise would seem incredibly disparate. I mean, the fact that it goes from that mirror-touch synesthesia story through to a story of a, a comedian, you know, impersonating her mum, and yet it doesn't 
feel incongruent. It doesn't feel like they've, you know, got two odds and ends and sort of wedged them together to make an hour. They really do well to harmonise everything and to make everything feel very consistent and, and, and thorough, really. I mean, there are so many ways of thinking about this, this concept of entanglement and, I guess, human intimacy uh, and empathy. Um, so yeah, it's it's really enjoyable. I mean, it's interesting you picked one from the first series. I've listened to the second series and they're kind of like tailed off a bit, I think, partly because I've diverged in what I listen to in terms of my interests in podcasting, but then... I don't know, it didn't grab me as much as the first series. I haven't listened to the third series, but I've heard good things. So, yeah, cheers, Freds. Nice to be nudged about it, actually. But, um, Eva, what do you think? First of all, the first thing that I want to say is that I love it just for its name because I get to talk about the fact that I know what it means because it's the only time I can bring in my Latin degree ever. <laughs> Literally, it never, I never get to shoehorn it into conversation and I can say, yes, I can confirm it means you know, the invisible things in life. Um, but am I allowed to disagree? Yeah. Yes. Dive Please in. do, if okay. you want to. <laughs> okay. Well, I was when I was uh, looking back on my phone to see the podcast and dive back in, I'd actually deleted it. Um, and I think... I think, basically, what I disagree with is that I do find it a little kind of condescending sometimes. And I don't know whether it's a thing that I have developed with American podcasts where there's so many of them that kind of feel like they're teaching you and edifying you about certain things where I just sometimes I feel like it's a little too much and I remember thinking that I absolutely loved the sound design and I thought it was very magical and very kind of swish as you say but there was just something about it that turned me off and uh, maybe I'm gonna have to re-listen to the the last series and Maybe I'll change my mind, but there was something about it that I just, uh, I found it hard to to come back to, basically. Yeah, it it is interesting. It is interesting that you say that you deleted it because it's not that I ever came close to deleting it, but I, I and and Jack, you mentioned this as well that I have found myself kind of drifting away from it ever so slightly um but i i I do understand what you mean definitely i think um i think in some ways my my uh perception and perhaps my kind of barometer for being talked at about issues is uh or being educated in certain ways is a little bit skewed because i tend to gravitate towards quite a lot of those podcasts um at times um so uh, i think any any of them that don't feel quite so full-on in that sense feel less less condescending for me but uh, i do get what you mean and that is why we like having people on to discuss these things with us because Jack and I tend to uh, broadly agree on podcasts. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Do yeah. you mainly listen to the same ones? Um, I, no, I think we we kind of like how share a middle ground. Um, I think we we form a nice little Venn diagram of of stuff that kind of falls right down the middle of stuff that we we love, and there's there's stuff around the kind of periphery that mm. um, we kind of listen to separately. But I think by the show started because Jack and I spent a lot of time recommending podcasts to each other. So uh, th- this is just kind of a a way to do it with with more people and get more opinions. Um, yeah, yeah. I kind of yeah. feel like maybe. Uh, uh, I my podcasting habit started with uh, Radio Lab. 
and I absolutely still love Radiolab. And I don't know whether it's a case of it being the kind of inaugural podcast that was there to teach you about things you didn't know about, and it kind of holds mm-hmm. a place that's dear in my heart. Right. Or whether I just kind of overdosed on that stuff, listening to it when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, for, for me, I mean, it's certainly something that I've been trying to work out myself, is whether my tastes have just diverged simply because i've discovered that podcasting can be a avenue to use audio in different ways i think originally i was kind of like oh i guess this is what podcasting is because i was kind of unfamiliar with the format and the predominant amount of podcasts that were coming out of i mean anywhere really but you know mainly america were that style of 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 telling stories and i think because you know i I guess we don't have tons in the uk which does a similar thing or at least didn't you know way back when mm-hmm. um and I, I do wonder whether it's just i don't know i mean i i certainly feel a certain fatigue with hearing that kind of um way of doing things and i do try and vary it up on my feed just because you know otherwise i i completely see where you're coming from in the sense that there is this um there can be a talking down and there there can be a sort of universality which sometimes makes it feel like okay this this isn't for me but uh yeah i mean i i i i don't know i mean do you think it's kind of like a case of where it's just i i, I don't know these podcasts have changed or they are changing or is it that kind of onset of fatigue where it's just like oh this is too much of this stuff I don't know. I think it's something that's been brought to my attention whilst working at The Guardian where, you know, there's so much emphasis on being representative and, you know, not having one particular point of view on things is that a lot of TV shows and and radio programs and podcasts are still white middle class people talking to white middle class people about white middle class things and it's not necessarily overwhelmingly true obviously we we talk about other issues and we do have an increasingly greater diversity of presenters and people who are you know talking into the microphone but I think generally it is still I mean we're constantly being kept on our toes um to you know include more women more people from differing backgrounds to talk about a range of subjects and sometimes I just think that that there is still a predominance of that kind of voice and maybe that's what I feel I'm a little oversaturated with yeah no I I totally see that Mm. Yeah, I think it is something. Sorry that... to poo poo it. No I'm way. Sorry. I, I, I mean, no. Oh gosh, no, no, no. I mean, this is the thing. Like we say, I think um, <laughs> there is a risk of this podcast being me and Freddie just basically doing the audio equivalent of high fives for like you know forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We should uh, talk about your podcast, Eva. I'm actually really excited to to bring this one into the frame. Cool. Could you tell us, yeah, about your recommendation and uh, why you like it? I recommended the podcast Meet, which I was hoping would develop from a single episode by the time we'd spoken about it. Um, But seemingly, uh, Jonathan Zenti, the producer, might have had some kind of stumbling block or, you know, things that are really difficult to overcome as a single podcast producer. Um, And it seems to still be sitting at one episode uh, two months after the first one. 
and only one right now. So it's a podcast that is called Meat, um, which is quite vague um, and potentially off-putting if you haven't heard about it or listened to it. But um, right from the start, I found that I was intrigued um, despite not knowing what it was about. It kind of opens with, uh, I guess, Zenti sitting in a studio recording maybe the introduction, which is a little self-reflexive and confusing, but it very quickly kind of develops through a kind of collage of sounds and archive and people discussing meat as a thing that we eat, as a thing that is kind of like a cage for a body that encases us into a space, um, as a as a kind of uh, comedic idea for, you know, people that are overweight and, you know, that is the butt of jokes sometimes. And you slowly kind of, it's almost like a, a snowball of information that allows you to understand that Zenti is going to be talking about human bodies and slowly also it develops you know we we learn that he is overweight and he has this incredibly complex relationship with meat as a concept as a food and as his own body and what I really like about it from the start is just the the comedy that's in that's instilled into something that's potentially a divisive subject you know mm. i sent i sent this podcast to my friend um after listening to it cuz i was so excited by it and as the first response i got back from her was is it icky is it disgusting <laughs> and and you know that kind of immediately like without um you know hearing about it or seeing a synopsis that was her reaction which i thought was quite interesting and understandable in many ways but for me it was exactly the opposite it was an incredibly beautiful piece of audio that was refreshingly funny and honest and sensitive and unashamed and basically it just tracks the inner thoughts and journey of a guy who really has a lot of introspection um, and sensitivity for a subject that has obviously affected his life quite a lot. And added to that, I thought it was just a joy to listen to orally. Um, I'm somebody that when I work, I I really put so much effort and attention into sounds and soundscaping. And, you know, sometimes I think I, my problem is, is that I go overboard with that and kind of try and create a whole landscape of sound. And what I really liked about this podcast was that it was so subtle and it was almost like watching a TV show in that it was almost like little scenarios and sketches that fitted so perfectly into each other and painted a picture so neatly without being overwhelming. And yeah, it was, it just really engaged me. And I just listened through to the whole thing with a smile on my face and a sense of really getting to know the person that was behind the microphone um, and liking that person, which I don't always, maybe <laughs> as you've realised, feels like it happens all the time. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just something that I felt I hadn't really heard before. And I don't know whether it was because it felt European. <laughs> I don't know whether <laughs> there's something to the nationality of a podcast, but it was just subtle and, you know, it felt finessed like a beautiful Italian meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What um, did you guys think? I just, I, I love it to bits. And just to check, did you hear this one from The Heart, the podcast The Heart? I did. 
Yes, yeah. I did. Um, which, like, I, I, I love the heart. And um, in fact, this is a podcast that I downloaded just because I, I check in with the heart every now and then. And um, mm. I saw this one come up and saw the podcast was called Meet and was intrigued. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and knowing the way that the heart do things as well, I mean, I was expecting something quite visceral. And I think um, what's wonderful about this podcast is it, it isn't, it's in it, and it isn't as well. I mean, it's. I can totally see why they featured it on the heart. I mean, it's got that thing where if you listen on headphones, um, just they utilize that way of listening to things so effectively. You hear the inside of someone's mouth. You know, you hear, hear yeah. someone belching. Um, you hear the, the sound of like dry skin scraping against the glass of a shower door. Um, and you just hear it with that. I mean, going back to like the episode on that mirror touch thing, it's almost to the sense that you actually feel it. And that I really mm. loved. And I think it was so crucial with this, this episode, because I think, I mean, often with audio, you get the sense that the voice is like a, a disembodied storyteller. And I think with this podcast, it's like the the voice resides inside this body and this flesh. And it felt so much like that was taking place. And um, it, it felt very first person as well and it didn't feel like someone telling you a story from the outside it felt like that you were residing inside this person's experiences which is like um yeah. I, I think there's a lot of podcasts that try and do that but i've rarely been like so i don't know profoundly felt like it was happening to me yeah i mean just the way it's produced is gorgeous um there's a bit where he talks about all the sports that you had to do at school and if yeah. you like <laughs> I don't know about you either but like I had I replayed it a couple of times because I was like oh there's swimming in my right ear and oh someone's you know doing a basketball yeah, in basketball. my <laughs> <laughs> and um and and I think the subtlety that as you mentioned is wonderful because he doesn't you know give it to you on a plate um haha <laughs> but where he you know he's, he does like um he talks about getting into punk rock and all you hear happening is um, him cracking open a can of beer. Uh, and that's enough. If, you know, I, I guess if you're yeah. someone who's frequented house shows or whatever, you know exactly what's going on, but it doesn't spell it out for you. Um, he's a wonderful post as well. I think you're right. Like the, the comedic aspect, I think, is so, such a light touch um, and so softly spoken and so softly told that the, the jokes almost roll past and, you know, you kind of, um, you know, they're rarely belly laughs, but they're just, they, they feel like those kind of like intimate, funny moments that you have with people. Um, exactly. I, I just, and, and the, the I'll say one other thing, I could go on and on, but what I really loved is, um, as you say, like the, where they're figuring out the intro, I mean, I think this podcast is sort of centred on, a lot of it centred on misunderstanding and like having this body that maybe you think conveys one thing, but um, actually conveys something to someone else and they have different thoughts about you. And, and immediately the podcast starts in this state of like fraught misunderstanding. And you've got Helen Zaltzman, who's, you know, does the podcast illusionist. And this whole thing is about the definition of words, kind of quizzing Jonathan on what the <laughs> name of his podcast is and whether it will be misunderstood. And that is such a you know a little charming thing to kick off with as well yeah it's one of those things that you as a producer um if you you never expect to put in i guess it, and it's one of those things that just really kind of helps to define the style and your the character of your of your podcast and i think that's something that really ties through and follows through throughout the whole episode because you know even the 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 very story in which he's 
finally tells you that he he's on a journey to lose weight you track you track it with him and he stumbles and he ends up you know breaking his diet on his first day and he just says about how grumpy he is and you know those that kind of process of evolution is is just there all the way right from the start mm. right to the beginning and and because that first episode doesn't really end anywhere apart from at the start of his journey you have a sense of this kind of almost like snail shell like spiral that is going to keep going and going that I really like it's kind of um, self-aware without being I don't know too arrogant I guess for me yeah I actually I did really enjoy that as well it starts almost like it's still in a state of like unknowing like it hasn't really accomplished anything it's kind of gone through a load of experiences but um Freddie, what did you make of this this one? I was kind of being very quiet there because I think you said so much. But between between the two of you, you said a lot of the things that uh, I, I felt when, when listening to this, which is I guess is uh, a hallmark of a a successful podcast. Um, I think to me that the thing that always stood out, I think I, I think I wrote it somewhere in my notes, is that I just loved um, Jonathan Zenti's uh, uh, sense of humour. Like it was just so perfectly done. It was, you know, there, it wasn't overly ridiculous. You know, it wasn't there wasn't kind of an attempt at using humour to carry the the episode or carry the narrative. It just it fit in, and it was it's like brilliantly dry and just it's just very you know, it just worked really really well. And I love how he made it such a part of the story, but didn't use it to carry the story. I mm. guess, um, and that and that to me was kind of. Um, what made it uh, beyond beyond the the kind of production quality of it, which is unbelievably good, but th- that's what made it to me like such a joy to listen to, is because especially like the second time round, I think the first time round I was kind of so um, uh, distracted is not the right word, but so uh, interested in in the different sounds I was hearing and where they were coming from and what they quite were and how they fitted in with what was being said. The the second time round, I kind of um, not necessarily tuned it out but it became more of a background thing for me and I, I started really kind of engaging with what was actually being said and that and that's when I really grew to appreciate the humor there um mm. I think I think as well like you know the, the subject matter is is brilliant and I think the way it's handled is is brilliant and I, I you know I think if you're just saying then about you know that you kind of go on this journey with him as he kind of you know as he as he as he makes a, a concerted effort in places to change his body into uh what, what he wants it to be and having done similar things myself and having taken up running as someone who's quite overweight and losing weight through running and all the rest of it I you, you, you get the sense of, and I think it's a very true sense that you, sometimes you feel like your body isn't your body, and it's kind of working against you. You're working against it, and that and that definitely came through. Mm. Um, and I, I really like that. I really like that that is a thing, and it's it's so it's such a weird thing to think about. But sometimes you, you kind of you kind of look at your your own body as a separate thing, uh, something which you either have full control over or you have no control over, and um, you know. I, I, I do really like the fact that um, on the Meet podcast website that the, the line is Meet is a podcast about our bodies and the lives we live because of them and I like that bit because of them because I think it recognises something that we quite often 
don't stop to realize is that you know quite often we can view our bodies as something that's uh, almost separate to ourselves in that sense you know we separate who we are with what we look like or how we physically what our physical attributes are and i really really um really enjoyed that yeah, we, I, we we need to find out where the rest of them are. I mean, I did actually tweet tweet him, tweet him, even though he doesn't know me. I tweeted him and asked, where are they? And I've had no response. So I'm not going to push it because I know how stressful it is when you're trying to get something out and you've broadcast that it's going to be there and you're, something happens. So Jonathan Zenti, we are patiently waiting and supportive. Well, exactly. I, I can see it. I went on the website today, actually, and I could see, I can't remember where it was. But it said something about episode two and it had a description and it was like coming soon. And I don't know if that was there before <gasps> okay. or not, but um, okay. that's good. I mean, it's what, a start. It is. One, one thing I'm really interested in, and in fact, Freddie, I mean, this sort of weirdly comes back to our startup discussion from last week. But obviously, this episode of this podcast was so interesting, I think, because the host of the podcast is talking about himself. Um, I get the impression that potentially I don't know whether like the upcoming podcast and I don't know if anyone knows any more about this but whether the upcoming podcast will still focus on the life and body of Jonathan or whether they'll go to focus on other people because then I guess it has to inevitably undergo some kind of switch at least you know if not tonally Mm. but in the way that it's made because then you know that intimacy is not a given and you know the embarrassment is not good tape necessarily or at least it doesn't have the benefit of being good tape to the person making it you know so i mean Mm. yeah i think i think that would be interesting to see where it goes you know when it's not kind of focused inward you know because i think that was such a key part of this this episode for me yeah i think you're absolutely right with that um and it's almost like a fear that it won't be but then (laughs) i just feel like you know if it's not i i kind of from what i've heard i trust him to make something that's equally sensitive and has that light touch um and actually you know i i ended up googling him to see what's going on and who he is and what he's made and potentially also to see how his weight loss journey is going and Mm. he 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 seems to have lost the weight um so you know there's a the that kind of might point to the series being you know based around that but if it's not cool i'm ready to listen to more yeah i mean jonathan we've got so many questions so hurry up and answer them (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) great well we've got one more podcast here today which i might as well go ahead and introduce it's a podcast called long form and long form's actually really centrally a website that pulls together um, recommended articles from around around the web um I think it used to be primarily non-fiction, but I see they've brought fiction into the fold recently as well. Um, the podcast is like an extension of the the website, and effectively it's a weekly conversation with non-fiction writers um, about how they tell stories. And I don't know if they were always doing this, but I think they started to do this after a while. They've started to bring in podcast presenters to talk to them about how they make stories. Um and actually what piqued my interest originally is um, an interview with Brian Reed of S-Town, like straight off the back of 
listening to S-Town, I, I, I pretty much found this podcast. There's a really nice one with Starly Kine as well, which I was really keen to, to listen to, and um, with the Reply All guys as well, uh, and with Alex Bloomberg. So a lot of, like, the, you know, the big hitters in American podcasting, they do uh, long-form interviews with them. And, I mean, as the podcast title suggests, it is a long-form podcast. It's these extended conversations with these people. Um and it's hosted by these these three guys called Aaron Lammer, Max Linsky, and Evan Ratliff. And they seem very well versed in what they're doing. Um, what I find really interesting about the podcast is that through the course of these conversations, they kind of disappear. I mean, when I was writing notes for this episode, I was like, I don't really know what to say about what I think about these guys because... They have this transparent quality, I think, of just guiding the conversation forward without much ego. They're quite concise in their questioning, but also quite incisive. I feel like they've been on the inside of the industry long enough to know how to quite, you know, sweetly ask a a question that will cut to something that will likely have a resonance with the person that they're talking to. And the episode that I put forward to recommend is one with Hrishikesh Herway, who does Song Exploder, which, you know, I absolutely love. And the reason I picked this one is because Song Exploder, um, Hrishikesh is pretty much much absent from that podcast in that, you know, he uh, allows the uh, interviewee. So in the case of Song Exploder, in case you haven't listened to it, it's a podcast where songwriters and artists dissect their songs. And through the course of that podcast, he just lets the songwriter basically tell the story of how their song is made. I mean, you get the impression that an interview has taken place, but Hrishikesh is removed from that. Um, and then it's just the the interviewee just um, taking you through each of the parts. It's got isolated audio and stuff like that. But you don't hear Hrishikesh through the course of that process. And so this was, I thought, a really nice opportunity to, to both hear from him uh, and also understand his reasons for producing the podcast in that way and I think what's great is that he's a musician and so the conversation starts to tip in that direction um the analogies between podcasting and music creation I mean so much of this podcast is about editing and so uh, what I love is that the long-form guys or um, the interview in this case guides the conversation in that direction and is quite happy to go there and there's a really nice organic conversational flow as well you know they keep the conversation pretty much on the rails in terms of it it is about the process of of uh, you know writing if it's a writer or you know getting uh, tape if you're a, a podcaster but at the same time they're not strangleholding it as well so I enjoy it like I've listened to quite a few episodes of it I dip in and out of it you know if there's someone that I know I'll listen to it but I've started to bleed out of the lines as well and um, listen to podcasts about people that I haven't heard of before so yeah it's an interesting podcast um, what did you guys make of it either if you'd like to let us know what you thought uh... I'm going to have to confess that I didn't listen to it. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I've got to say, I, uh, as you know, somebody that works in the creative field, it's just like such a joy to be able to speak to people who do work in the creative field and get into that kind of really nitty gritty geeky thing that, you know, you don't get to talk about with, you know, people say that you talk to in the pub. And I always find it, you know, as well, incredibly um inspiring and and you pick up things even from people who are writers or you know work in music you you can pick up various kind of tips and 
creative ideas from just listening to someone that's really passionate about something. So I think it's absolutely right up my street and I'll definitely be checking it out. Great. Freddie, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think either that sounds like you're going to love it when when you do get around to listening. I, I, I mean, I it, it was a new one on me, Jack, from your recommendation, but I I kind of had a feeling that I'd enjoy it, and obviously I started with your recommended episode with Hershkesh Sherway, which I really really loved um, because I I do enjoy Song Exploder, um, and I thought that was a really nice introduction, uh, perhaps quite specifically for for me um, because like because I you know that I know and love Song Exploder. But like you say, I very quickly branched out into uh, other areas. So I actually started off listening to as many of the other podcast hosts as possible. Mm, yes. Yeah, um, just because uh, that's what, you know, in terms of journalism, that's kind of been my kind of primary source of consumption at the moment, the primary kind of medium of journalism, which I've kind of been consuming. So it, naturally, I just queued up every single podcast host that was on there. And then I started going a little bit further out so I, I listened to um, there's a brilliant interview with uh, Tavi Gevinson which I really really loved thought that was really super interesting I'd not heard anything from Tavi before personally um, so that was that was really good and Paul Ford as well Paul Ford um, who who's a brilliant uh, brilliant writer um, really really loved those two episodes as well and Having listened to kind of a few of them now, I think one of the things they do very, very well is they're very good interviewees in the sense that they manage to find common ground very very quickly yeah there's, there's always um, and, it, and it, you know that's that's the result of very good research of course but like it, i think just very quickly they just find something that they can talk about which they both know about they both have a point of discussion about that feels like an even footing rather than i am asking you the questions and you are giving me the answers it, it, it's very much they find something very quickly which they can talk about as if as if yeah as if you were kind of down the pub and having a chat and i think think that sets up the interview incredibly well because they seem to get really good answers as a result of that and i think you know sometimes you, you do get into the weeds of it a little bit to the point where you're like this is getting very technical or very nerdy about one specific thing and my, my attention's starting to wane slightly <laughs> but having yeah i mean i've probably listened to seven or eight of these now and i i, I haven't found one yet that i haven't enjoyed to to one extent or another i don't know if i'll listen to them all because i don't know if all of them will interest me but there are plenty on there that will interest me but i think i think what makes the podcast so great in general is the way that the um the interviews are kind of carried out and uh and work yeah do you think it's the kind of uh, podcast that people who aren't in the creative field will find interesting hmm. that's a good question you, that's a really good question yeah do you know what i I don't know. I feel so um, wrapped up inside myself. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that there's enough in there where someone can relate, at least to some extent, to that experience. I mean, one thing that I think is perhaps particularly pertinent pertinent to, to what you do, Eva, is, um, I mean, it's it's the kind of podcast where you know that someone puts out a very finessed final product and if your main interface with that person is that final product then to hear that person talk about the anxieties the calamities and the challenges of putting that thing together 
it's so refreshing because you realize that you know under the hood of what's essentially this really finely sheened story or um you know radio show or whatever is someone who's sweating it out to make it happen and only just making it and bolting it down the corridor you know at whatever you know 59 minutes past the hour to try and get it in on time and I think, uh, certainly, I think as a creative person or someone in the, as a creative person, oh, what a dick, but as someone who <laughs> does like, you know, um, work where I feel like I can relate to that, it certainly resonates. But I don't know, I think there's potential there for people who have, I mean, have any kind of experience like that in their life where they're, you know, you put forward a certain facade um, in order to conceal, you know, the, the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. I think that there's a lot of that which I find will have, you know, a lot of universal appeal, maybe. <laughs> well, you've absolutely sold it to me because I, I as I was kind of uh, intimating there, it's, uh, you know, I sometimes just yearn to hear people talk about their struggles <laughs> when they're <laughs> making something. And when you get to have that moment where somebody's saying, you know, exactly what you're going through, then it almost as it it's almost refreshes you and feeds you because you realise you're not alone. And mm. sometimes that's the most important thing and that is what I love about podcasts through and through that you just get to connect and realize how much is going on out there without when you won't necessarily come uh, face to face with it every day yeah I mean we can talk about your podcast now Eva because I mean half the part of the reason I picked the song exploder one is that uh, I don't know are you familiar with song exploder um I know of it but I've never listened to it so I I think you find it really interesting because personally Mm. and Freddie I, I don't know what you think of this but I hear a lot of stylistic likeness between song exploder and everyone else in terms of the way that they're driven I don't know what you think of that I'd say that's a fair analysis, yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, because they have this... uh, I mean, it sounds like Hrishikesh Herway does these, like, one- to two-hour interviews with musicians, and then Mm. he cuts out about eight minutes of audio that then is threaded together in a way which they're not necessarily telling the story in the way that someone would just tell it if they had the floor entirely, but they're telling mm-hmm. it in a way which is almost like um, works from the outside in. It's like someone doing the um, edge pieces of a jigsaw first and you get right. a detail here, a detail there, and then gradually it sort of works its way towards the centre and, and and suddenly you have the complete picture. And obviously that has a great analogy to song as well. I mean, you have these isolated snippets of the drum and then, you know, the guitar and then the keyboard bit and then right at the end you hear the entire thing. And what I really like about everyone else is the the way as well you have those spaces between you know the 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 interview's account of what they're talking about where i don't know maybe that's where your question is or 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 you know maybe that's entirely stylistically driven but it it's it's there's enough ambiguity there to sort of give it breathing room uh, and and then sort of reappear elsewhere and then tell you another detail and and then it kind of gradually works its way in i mean what i'd really like to know after all that ramble is like how do you come to that style that way of working what is it about sort of removing yourself from the process and making the podcast like that that appeals to you 
Well, I think you've just given me like a very romanticised and uh, complimentary uh, picture of what I'm trying to do, um, <laughs> which I th- thank you for. Um, because and it actually was making me laugh as I was as I was listening because I'm so glad it makes it seem that way. Um, because mostly w- what happens is that it, it's like a big mess, basically. Right. Um, I record a big mess um, and. And I basically, I never, I never go into an interview or a recording really knowing what's going to be said. I very rarely, uh, to be more honest, um, because mostly, you know, the people that I talk to, I'd say 80% of them or 90, I don't know at all. And I will see someone on the tube and I'll work up the courage over three stops to maybe potentially talk to them and then I'll corner them and hope that they're not getting off at the next stop and then give my little babbly speech about what I am and who I am and why I'm talking to this stranger and I have to sell that spiel in about two minutes Um, and then finally they might get in touch with me and let me record them so I honestly most of the time I just say please can you come to the studio at this time and you know I just take the risk I, I never vet anyone because people don't want to be vetted and I think that's why it actually works because there's not any pressure on anyone you know I I just say say whatever you want for however long you want but I like journey uh, stories about journeys about decisions about love about loss about mistakes lessons learned Um, you know these are the kinds of things that other people have talked about sometimes people listen to the podcast before sometimes people don't even go on the web page I had one guy who turned up drunk um, and, uh, you know, just just kind of slurred and burped at me for about an hour. Um, and that actually turned into one of the podcasts. Wow. Um, yeah, so... Which episode and, and was the, that? It was the Vegas one um, about the guy who was brought up by a charlatan dad in a hotel and basically almost sold to a Moroccan um, on a boat. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, um, so all those (laughs) lovely things that you said, they're basically a load of silence on my part whilst I try and... I just say to people, speak for as long as you can, and I make notes on the side about things that intrigue me. And then at the end, I ask questions about those various bits of the story that I found interesting. And sometimes, like, you don't get the story at all the first time round when the person speaks... But there's something that intrigued you in what they said that you ask about. And then all of a sudden, this whole other story comes flooding out. And it's almost like they just needed, like, prodding, you know? Like, (laughs) you know, like when you cook um, an omelette and one of those big air bubbles comes out and you pop it and it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit like that, but stories. Um, Yeah, so those lovely things that you're saying is just like not knowing and hoping for the best (laughs) dressed dressed up (laughs) wow but that's you know that's that's why i i I like long form because obviously that that's your side of the experience and that's your experience of making it and then all you hear is this exquisite podcast it's so beautifully made i mean what what really i'm fascinated to know and it's probably not something that has a single answer but when you're you you see someone you're like right I'm going to go and talk to them and and I'll tell them about what I'm about and what I do 
what mm. is it that compels you to pick out pick out that particular person and say right i i want to hear their story yeah that's a good one um it really differs when it comes to people that i see and meet on the street or kind of observe sometimes it used to be more so the case that it, they would be dressed in a certain way that was kind of eccentric or different. But I've actually found that it's the everyday regular Joes that actually aren't eccentric and that are living a very inconspicuous day-to-day normal life that have the real stories. Um, and so I just... I don't know, it could be anything. Like, sometimes I've I've had it where I've been sitting at a cafe and I've looked at someone and the way they've been waiting, it's been very obvious that they've been waiting for something or someone and the way that they kind of keep interacting, you know, with the person next to them or, or, or they just keep looking at their watch or something, it, you get a sense of their character and I don't know... I just really, really like watching people, <laughs> and I've been, I've been told off in the past for being too starey and curious. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess I just take a gamble sometimes, you know. Or, or like sometimes I just, you know, I'm that person that on the bus will strike up a conversation. Not every time, because I uh, sometimes I hate strangers. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm, I am curious enough just to start talking to someone on the bus and it turns out that they're like a former boxer that, you know, wasn't allowed to stay in the country and had to leave for 20 years and they managed to make their way back and find the wife that they married all that time ago. And it's just a question of being curious. I mean, what, what I think really, what I find really illuminating for me is that I think I, it makes me reevaluate my experiences whenever I go to London. Am I right in saying you're based in London, Eva? Yes. Where you, are you based? Cheltenham. <laughs> way out in the sticks, away from all oh. strangers, <laughs> all people. Like, But this is the oh thing. Oh, my God. Like, I, I used to live in the centre of town, and, you know, I'm a people watcher as well, and, and I think I, it really made me reevaluate my relationship with people that I don't know and really made me realise that I think, in fact, my first reflex with those people, and I don't know if this is a common thing or something that I need to probably get checked out is like a mild i don't know on a scale of one to ten between like hostility and sort of amicability (laughs) just teeters slightly more towards an uncertainty and a distrust and you know that's very true yeah i I don't know i mean and that's why i wonder like where where does this podcast come from for you is it is it like a sort of like a retaliation against that i i don't know i'm not sure i just think that I have this sense that we're really unfair to one another a lot and we judge people on the way that they look and by what we perceive their background to be and what we what kind of ideas we might have about their personality or where they come from and what that means and what they're going to do and what they're going to say and you know a lot of the time all it takes is just striking up a really small conversation with someone to find out that your that your judgment of that person is completely wrong and there have been so many times where I've had a very fleeting encounter with someone and it's really made my day or like given me a little mood boost and mm. okay those people there's not not everybody's good and not everybody's gonna teach you something positive about the world but that's not the point of the podcast the point of the podcast is to showcase 
openness about everything whether it's good or bad because there's you know we have all those things inside us too and maybe understanding one another is just enough to get on better you know absolutely freddie i know you're a fan of the podcast as well aren't you like um i mean we spoke about it on a previous episode party but God, did you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes yeah you, which one which, which episode number <laughs> oh, yeah. we need to dig it out don't we i can't even remember who we were talking to but everyone loved it episode 13 that's the one it was oh. yeah well lucky number 13 it is, <laughs> yes. actually, it is actually lucky in our family <laughs> <laughs> there you go no I, I i i do really enjoy it and um yeah i think uh the the jack's right i think you you, you would really enjoy that interview with um harishka shawi just because mm. of the, the way he talks about it and the way he talks about it. he has a really interesting background which is that he's uh he's a musician and uh, uh they they start off talking about the what he does with Song Exploder as a podcast where he obviously speaks to other musicians and asks them about their music. He They talk about how he has that kind of unease about talking about it in the sense of music journalism and, and that he doesn't think of himself as a journalist in that sense or anything like that because he feels like, um, you know, as soon as he starts to take the conversation that he had with that person and and remove himself from it and, you know, cut bits of what they've said out and perhaps reorder bits of it and stuff, it's not it's not honest, which I, I think is a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, because I, I've never felt that um, Song Exploder is anything less than honest. and um, But it, 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 it does always kind of raise that super interesting... I think it's super interesting, but people probably tell me differently, but <laughs> I, I think it's super interesting that kind of like... It's almost like a philosophical debate as, uh, you know, um, that anything that's not heard in the first person live is in some way an edited version of the truth isn't it and i yeah. think there's a you know and it's um as to what extent you can you can believe that something that you're something that you're listening to is is a true representation or not i don't know where i'm going with that i just find it an interesting thing <laughs> Was he was he saying that it's uh, a less true representation if his voice is taken out? No, it was more that he, yeah, in, in extor- but more that when he has a guest talk about how they made a piece of music, they may not necessarily say the things that they say in the order yeah. that they come out on on the podcasts. So they might yeah. say that you know the bit that comes up first last, and he he said, well, in, in that case, it's kind of not true. And I I, I I just find it interesting to kind of see where the line gets drawn in terms yeah. of because the nothing that they're saying is untrue. That they're, they're not he's not got to the point where he's editing words together that weren't together in the first place it's mm. it's about kind of narrative and order isn't it and it, but it, it is yep. interesting that he has that kind of the unease with the idea of kind of truth and you know as soon as you start to edit as soon as you you know start to chop bits out where it becomes not true well i i mean i do agree with that and i'm always a little bit um, i guess surprised when People say to me, oh, you know, this is so refreshing. It's a first-person narrative. And they seem to have so much trust in the fact that I haven't kind of cut and spliced it to the mm. point of smithereens, you know, <laughs> um, which I don't do. But, it, yeah, I totally see your point on that. And, yeah, I think it is less uh, real if the questions are taken out and if the discussion is not a discussion but only a representative proportion of one voice really 
that said, I mean, the way that I respond to that is, yeah, there's, there is crafting. And sometimes, because the people that I don't interview don't listen to radio, they don't speak as though they're speaking for an interview and I have to work hard to, Mm. you know, create a a narrative arc and sometimes there's no end. Like, the worst thing that can happen to you when you've recorded a 40-minute conversation with someone is to realise you've got no out. And that is horrible. And, you know, I think people will hear it sometimes in my podcasts where I've struggled to tie things up neatly um, or I've had to sometimes, yeah, borrow something where it's maybe not been in the same order but it allows me to put out a story that you know in essence is 99% there but I've I've just had to craft something a little bit more um but then again I always say that I will send somebody the interview um the edit um once I've finished with it and if they don't think that what they're hearing is right or accurate then it just never goes out and that's never happened so far. So for me, yeah, it's important, but I'm not going to pretend that it's not a part of crafting a story as well. Yeah. I guess in, in, in some respects, it's it's uh, it's testament to your ability and your judgment that people who are on the outside and just listening in uh, assume that it's just a a a straightforward raw monologue and not mm. something that had mm. uh, additional thought or edit put into it which i suppose is uh it's, it's a sort of compliment i guess yeah and i guess it's also one that is less easy to swallow because you wish you wish that um you know you could just have a, a really easy edit every time mm. but you know it is it does come with the territory that's true it's very true well we can say it again but we love it i mean eva thank you so much as well for uh coming on the on the show and sharing your recommendation with us and and chatting some podcasts with us thank you so much for having me on the show and i'm uh, gonna be listening into the future episodes and uh hearing what kind of things to listen to next i'm really excited about it fabulous oh, brilliant thanks very much if people want to check out your podcast as well eva where's the best place for them to be headed well you can uh subscribe on itunes if you want the full experience and you want pictures and sound straight away i don't think i've mentioned it's a photographic podcast um where there's a portrait of uh each speaker alongside the audio on one page you can go to www.everyoneelse.org or follow us on instagram uh which is at everyone studio and where are we freds oh yeah we are at episode underscore party on twitter and uh www.episode.party um if you want to look through our archives or get links to any of the shows we've uh recommended in this episode and in past episodes thanks jack thank you thanks everyone (laughs) and farewell we'll see you next time bye-bye goodbye thank you bye Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.